Here is the top news stories of the day with Larry Hardesty. We begin with Joe Douglas, who, by the way, will join Bart and Han tomorrow afternoon during their one to three broadcast here on 987 ESPN. He says he wants to keep Jamal Adams, but he's also open to trades. Yeah, he reiterated the goal is to sign Adams to an extension, but he heads by saying he will listen to offers. The plan would be, quoting Douglas, to keep Jamal here for long term. So. Are you ready to make him the highest paid player? I'm not even going to touch that one. Um, he's a he's a he's an outstanding player, and you know our, we we would like him to be here a long time. All right, let's try this. What's your draft plan for Thursday? We've had our meetings, like I said, with the scouts and coaches. You know, the next step for us, um, you know, we'll we'll uh, we'll have some small group discussions uh, that include ownership. I mean, we'll finalize our board uh, in, in the coming days. And uh, like I said, and last time we talked, we're going to be ready to roll um, Thursday. You know, philosophically, we're going to take the best player available, um, and, and our board's going to represent that. You're at number 11. Any thoughts of uh, trading your pick? Obviously, 11, 11 to 48 is a long gap. Um, you know, I think when we get together in these strategy, uh, excuse me, strategy sessions, um, you know, we're going through a lot of different scenarios. Um, you know, those include... You know, uh, who would we move up for for at eleven? But who would we move back? You know, what would we do? Pick? So we're we're going through all those different scenarios uh, right now, um, especially when it comes to eleven and forty eight, and uh, who we think is going to be there. Um, you know, obviously um, there there's a lot of there's a lot of meat left on the bone when it comes from pick one to, to forty seven. So um, it could go uh, a number of ways. So right now we're, we're primarily focusing on uh, pick 11, but we're also, you know, putting our, our top 50 players uh, together and making sure we have the best the best top 50 um, that we could possibly have for Friday night. Now, Joe, during your scouting and your reports with your guys, what's been the thought of the wide receiver class in this year's draft? We've done a lot of work on these wide receivers. We feel it's a good group. Um, we feel like there's there's other positions um, that, that are deep as well. Um, you know, so um, I, if the right opportunity presents itself, if there's a wide receiver uh, when we're on the clock that we think has a chance to come in here and, and, and make an impact, help us, um, help us in terms of offensively and, or special teams um, as a core team or a returner. Um, those those are all the things that we're looking at um, as far as wide receivers coming in here. But you know, we're really excited about the guys we have too. Um, you know, I know I know Adam and uh, Brashad have had great talks recently. Um, obviously, Jameson um, is is an unbelievable slot player for us. But we're excited about Josh Dawson coming in here. He's going to have an opportunity to compete. So um, you know, we we feel like. Um, if we can, if, if the right opportunity presents itself at the at the position to add to that room, it can be a great thing. Gordon, I tell you, I, I'm the closer we get, I just have a feeling that if they have a chance to get a home run hitter at wide receiver, that they they might consider making that move with what they've done at the offensive line this in the offseason. Now they may not, it may not be. Listen, it's not going to be Hall of Famer offensive line, but it's improved over what it was last year and. Look, Perryman is is a speedster, but he's been injured. He has no consistency. I mean, Crowder is is, is Crowder's your number one receiver, Gordon. I don't know that you went that way. 
Well, look, I mean, they don't just have a first-round pick, right? I mean, they have other picks as well. You can find receivers uh, in other rounds. I guess you could say you could find other offensive linemen in other rounds. The problem with that is that I need offensive linemen to come in right away and improve a situation that was abysmal last. I mean, their offensive line, if, if, if there was no limit on the amount of moves you could make in terms of the cap and all and draft picks, they'd probably have five new starters considering mm-hmm. how bad it was last year. So I, I get that people will look at the receivers and especially if, you know, it's the first receiver off the board at 11. Hey, we're getting the best receiver. I just look at the, the need at tackle and the value at tackle to be far higher than any receiver could possibly be. Yeah, I hear you. We'll find out on Thursday night. Meanwhile, I mean, he's good at he's good at saying a whole lot of nothing. I mean, that yeah, one yeah, cut yeah. he said, you know, we're going to try get a guy who's going to come in here and uh, he's going to make the team better if, if from an offensive. St- yeah, no, a defensive point of view. Of course, he's going to be an offensive point of view. He's doing his job. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> no question. Not telling you nothing. <laughs> nothing. He shouldn't. Absolutely, he shouldn't. Ian Rappaport was on the NFL Network, and he says the Giants are looking in on some folks. It is a legitimate fact that Joe Judge has been FaceTiming with, with Justin Herbert and the fact that the Giants have done real, have dug really deep in as far as evaluations and research on Herbert, the Oregon quarterback, who it really does seem like evaluators are split on whether him or Tua Tagovailoa are the number two quarterback in this draft. You can read into it however you want. There's plenty to read into, but this is something that did, in fact, happen according to Mike Garofolo and myself. And there's a couple different ways we could go here, Andrew. One, obviously the Giants need to investigate all top picks. They are at number four. If they're going to trade number four, and certainly they're open to moving back, then they would like to know what kind of player they'd potentially be walking away from. The other thing is, maybe this is a little bit of the Patriots background for Joe Judge. The Patriots do work at, into basically all quarterbacks in case they come back around later in their career. Maybe Maybe that's kind of laying the groundwork here instead of something for the present. Gordon, no Danny Dimes? <laughs> He's not number one? What happened? You know, it's, it's funny to me when, when during this process, and look, I'm not part of a team. I've never been part of an NFL team, so I don't know. But it's just always weird to me when they're like, well, they're going to do their due diligence on this player. They're going to look into this player. Well, I'd like to think that they're looking at all the players, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think that mm-hmm. they like to have as much information as humanly possible, and that's going to be more so at a quarterback position that's the most important position in, in probably all of sports. So the fact that they're – it's probably just a smoke screen to try and get somebody willing to move up. But whatever the reason, I don't think it has anything to do with Daniel Jones whatsoever. And I don't think that the Giants, even if Justin Herbert were to be on the board, I don't know when the Giants' second pick is, if it's in the second round, wherever it is. Uh, I don't even think that they would pick him then. But, uh, you know, the idea that they're looking at, yeah, he's going to be somebody in the draft, so they should look at all the possibilities of players in the draft. Absolutely. Richard Sherman was on our Jalen and Jacoby, and he was asked, how much does the COVID-19 concern you for the 2020 season? I don't worry about it at all. Because I think there was a time during last season where I felt like the, almost the entire league had it. You know, that wow. there, there was a time the Patriots were taking a separate plane and everybody thought it was a fluke. Guys are running out of ball games. I think one of the O-linemen for the Vikings had to leave, couldn't even play. He was a starter. So I'm pretty sure it's already brand rapid through our league, honestly. Like when they, when they have the antibody test or whatever, I'm sure they'll figure out that a lot of the league has had it and gotten through it because they thought it was the flu. So they didn't quarantine anybody. They didn't separate anybody. They didn't keep guys at home. Guys 
are still coming to work, going to work, doing the same normal things, interacting with guys, having conversations, practicing. It'll kind of be what it is. You know what I mean? It, guys will get tested. They'll do their best. The league will try to keep everybody safe, but it's life. Oh, wow. That's, that's a heck of a statement. That's a heck of a statement. He thought the league had it last year. You know what? In hindsight, I didn't think of this until he said it. It absolutely makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, remember the, I remember that the Patriots had the you know, two different planes because of the amount of flu that was going around and the, they thought it was the flu. What, the more news that you watch about this and the more stories you see, he hit on it absolutely. Until there's an antibodies test that's readily available and can tell you everybody who actually had it, who knows? You know, yeah. my kids had the flu and they tested positive for flu in January, right? And that was just, I remember being in the doctor's office. And they actually had something up about how, if you travel to China, please alert the staff. So shortly after that, I came down with something, and I'm around my kids all the time, so I assumed, all right, my one kid had flu A, my my other my daughter had flu B, so either A or B, I got one of them, and then I went, and I didn't have either. Hmm. So now I'm thinking to myself, maybe it's possible I already had. You know, until there's more testing and it's available and we kind of really are in-depth into knowing who, it, it, it seems possible that it would be already have run through the league. Yeah, it's amazing. It, it's really, it, I didn't think of it either until he mentioned it. I'm with you, Gordon. Finally, Dr. Anthony Fauci was on the Yes Network and he was asked, how can Major League Baseball return and under what scenario? To be quite frank with you, it is impossible to predict, but given the extraordinary efficiency of transmissibility of this virus, I don't think we can say with any confidence that in the middle of this summer, we could say, okay, July 4th, let's start the season in a, in a truncated season exactly the way we would do it normally, because there's going to be a new normal for a while. And it's not going to be just a few months. It likely will cycle around even even into next fall and winter. Hopefully it'll go way down. So what are some of the possibilities? People who know more about baseball structure than I do have said it, but I, I think it's reasonable. You could either have a situation where you get the group of players and you put them in a few cities, you make sure they're not infected, you test them so that they don't infect each other. And you have baseball in no, as much as it's tough to say, in a spectator-less environment where you have people playing in an environment in which people can watch it on television. The revenues are not going to be the same as when you have a packed stadium like Nat Stadium in Washington, where I go to. But I think having them play on television is certainly better than nothing. Another version of that is to limit the amount of people in a stadium and make sure you seat them in a way where they are really quite separated and maybe even wearing the facial covers that are masked. I know people look at that and they say, what are you, crazy? But to me, it's better than no baseball at all. That's the point. Unless you're in Georgia, Gordon, because uh, in about a week or so, they, they could be opening the stadium to play a little baseball, huh? <laughs> did they ask uh, Dr. Fauci? I know he has a lot on his plate right now, but did they ask Dr. Fauci, how the hell are all the Yankees getting hurt all the time? Can he? Ha does he have any answers on that? No, they should have asked him. Yeah. Can we get Aaron Judge back? Dr. Fauci, can you do something about that? Well, listen, by the time the season starts, if it does, you should be ready to go. <laughs> well, let's hope so, right? 